online and have fun times When my friends, it never ends Share our news, it's what we do Long distance foolery, it's just us two Hello fools, I'm back for one last bonus episode of LDF for 2020, the year that has lasted far longer than any of us could have ever imagined. I thought this would be a great opportunity to have a few quick reflections on what this whole endeavor has meant to me, what I've learned, and some things I'm thinking about for season two. So first reflection I wanted to share was just checking back in on what the intentions were that I set for this whole shenanigan back in May. And the first one really was, you know, this feeling of disconnectedness from my community back in DC. And though I have friends here in South Africa who I do love, um, it just wasn't the same. And so the first goal was to try to use this podcast to reconnect with that community back in DC. And for this one, I think it definitely worked. I've been way more connected to friends both near and far from DC these past seven months, and it's really felt awesome. I have already started setting up more regular FaceTime dates with friends and have tried to keep up the connecting, even if not recorded, on this foolish podcast. Um, The second thing was I thought it would be a great way to keep laughing with my friends in a dark, dark year. Um, And this definitely panned out. I've laughed so, so much while making these episodes with all of you, and it's been such an injection of joy and excitement during a year where a lot of it has felt... um, let's say stagnant, perhaps boring, you know, not really being able to hang out with people, staying inside all the time and just kind of being afraid to hug anyone. For me, this podcast has felt like one long, big old hug every weekend. The third thing was um, hoping that this would act like a collective journal of sorts to follow me and my friends through our lives during this extremely strange time that is 2020. And I think absolutely, this has definitely been able to capture some pretty monumental moments in a bunch of my friends' lives. And so I think for me and for them, um, it will be really awesome to know that these periods of transition and progress in all of our lives have been documented and saved forever. Yes. Um, Okay, the last one was just, you know, hoping that this would lead into future work on this podcast um, when things are a bit back to normal. And I think I'm feeling really positive about that one too. I'm, I'm definitely trying to plan for what might happen in the next season of this show and how it will evolve or not, um, especially post vaccine <laughs> and all of us getting back into more um, outgoing or weird life situations. Um, but yeah, let me know if y'all are interested in a second season. But also, I did want to share some stats. It was my first time ever doing something like this, and so I was interested to see where we'd land at the end of this first season, and thanks to both Anchor and Spotify Wrapped, I have some info to share. First up, we had listeners of this podcast in not one, not two, but 13 countries around the world. I'm not entirely sure um, who is listening in Turkey and perhaps Italy, um, but definitely appreciate you if you're listening to this. Thanks for checking us out. 
And among that 13 countries, uh, we had a peak listenership of more than 45 people. Um, I do remember in that first episode of, of me and Ashley kind of joking about five uh, listeners, but you know, we got over 45 um, near the, the peak. So that felt great. And then um, Spotify taught me that over the course of t- more than 23 episodes, we've shared 1,407 minutes of content. Um, that feels like way too much, but I guess, you know, each week I would spend more than an hour catching up with one of you fools, so 1,407 minutes of content. Um, And then I think the other two data points that were interesting is that uh, for this podcast, I learned two new kinds of software. and I might actually be able to start pulling some of this into my my real work life, which is insane, but would be super fun. And then lastly, um, just reflecting on the fact that I had to set up, design, <laughs> and then produce 21 of these different foolish podcasts with uh, one of you fools every week. It was insanely creative, insanely um, fun, a lot of work, but definitely worthwhile. It was really an exciting part of my life. Um, So, true to LDF form, I have some quick segments to go through. I wanted to start with some of the highs that I had for this first season. And some of the best parts for me have really just been thinking about all of you, all of my friends, as I prepped for each of these episodes. I got to remember all of the wonderful things that make you all so special, think about um, what you all value and what brings you joy, and then wrap it all up together in a fun little intro that um, I really did hope would make you all feel loved. And for me, it really helped set the tone of each episode and um, seems that most of you liked it or appreciated the tailored intro, so I'm glad that that felt good. And, you know, I just hoping that my friends you're able to feel special while being a part of this and you know it's because I really do think my friends are the best I I say it a lot in the different songs for this podcast but I do think you all are the best and I want the rest of the world and you all to just know that you are superstars and we love you Okay, enough sappiness. Next, definitely um, making the intro song and all the different musical bits for that matter. I do dabble in songwriting and music production and have been trying to do that for at least three years and like pull together an EP of some of my favorite original songs. But, you know, I tend to just get so nervous about putting it together, how to make it perfect and whatnot. But for this podcast, I felt zero pressure or constraints. I could be funny or silly or dare I say foolish. <laughs> um, and it only made the writing and producing process that much more fun. I guess I kind of feel like I put on a different persona when working on LDF and I like that guy. Also, side note, Ari podcast music. Um, I did also work on another podcast with one of my besties, Darlene. Shout out to Dar. Uh, and uh, like I said on her episode, it's called I Know It's Friday But, which is based off of one of the favorite phrases from our lunch lady that used to sit by our table at Masterman. Um, I also got to make a little jingle for that podcast, um, and I just want to play it right now so y'all can hear that. So here we go.
fun. <laughs> I mean, I had a blast playing that one. Um, and who thought I would be sing rapping in 2020? Not me, but here we are. Um, and then the last big high uh, is just how this has brought so much joy to me because it's something that is uniquely my own, that I have total creative authority over, and that I'm putting out there and being vulnerable about. Um, it's something I don't do often, but it's, again, for whatever reason, I don't feel so much pressure about this, and so it's really allowed me to explore some of that creativity. For example, you know, I made the artwork or the the, um, the cover art for this podcast and for the other one with Darlene. Um, and so for that one, because it's, you know, based on, like, our high school lunch lady, um, the cover art is based off of a 90s, like, tin lunchbox. I love it. Um, anyway... It's just been so many highs working on this podcast, um, but a very recent high that I just want to do one shout out for is that my podcast showed up in two of my best friends, Spotify Wrapped, and that made me feel extremely special. So, like I said, I'm definitely still riding the highs of this first season, but also I'm looking ahead with a lot of excitement for season two in 2021. So for that season, you know, I could still invite on friends who haven't yet made it on. Sorry to all of you, my fools, who haven't been guests yet. There is time, I swear. Um, Or I was also thinking we could switch it up and make it more of a co-hosted pod that kind of lets me have continuity and some story progression across episodes. Um, so let me know if, if you all think that that would be interesting. Um, taking suggestions and requests for that co-host position. But if we do do the co-host at season two, it'd be fun to carve out what our main segments might be each week to evolve the segments we've had so far. Anyway, lots to think about for season two. And seriously, fools, please do let me know if you have ideas or feedback on what could be better moving forward. One quick hot take for you all this holiday is related to the queen, the diva, Mariah Carey. Listen, Mariah Carey sucks at the L Song Association game. There, I said it. How are you gonna be the queen of Christmas pop and then not get 15 out of 15 on the Christmas Song Association game? She just sits there and pretends to make up songs and then says, copyright, don't steal it. Girl, it was a word vomit. No one is gonna steal that. Anyway, I just felt it important to share that hot take in this last bonus episode. And I think that Mariah could have, you know, either tried harder or just admitted that she was sucking and be humble like some of the other celebrities that have played that game. So there, hot take ended. I miss the Mariah of the 90s. She doesn't let J-Hud or Ariana actually shine on this new Christmas song. Okay, fine. There, now I'm done. All right, anyway, last segment before we get into the actual main purpose of this episode some quick hotcakes of 2020. So looking back on some that I've already shared and just things that I feel sum up my 2020. My first hot cake is definitely all the frontline healthcare workers out there. Thank you so, so much for everything that you do. I'm so sorry that uh, some people are not taking this seriously and you continuously have to show up to work for people that don't show up for everyone else. So you're my number one hot take. Love y'all. Great work. Second hot take is Kamala Harris, obviously, our nation's first female vice president of color. I just can't even uh, express how excited I am and hopeful that this will be a shift that will do our country well. So shout out to Kamala. Can't wait to see her outfits as well. She has a little bit of swag. Um, And then similarly for the political hot cakes, we have Stacey Abrams and then John Favreau from Pod Save America because I definitely have become a little bit of a pundit over here in Pretoria thanks to the Pod Save world. Um, uh, Both Pod Save America, Pod Save the world, but also just the Pod Save world. So, you know, What a Day and um, John Lovett's podcast, all of them. I just, I get so much political news from them and I love that they are putting in all that effort to have something to kind of help us all weed through all the noise. 
Um, and then some more fun ones. Recently, The Boys of Tiny Pretty Things, this new Netflix show that is very reminiscent of like Center Stage meets Gossip Girl. The boys are cute and they have cute little tights. So they definitely get a shout out. Matt Cronshaw from Great Pottery Throwdown, a callback to episode one of this podcast. He's still cute. He's still hot. He's got good cakes and he makes great pottery. Next, we have The Happy Pair, which are two Irish brothers who have created a whole vegan community of restaurants, bakeries, and cookbooks, who have really taught me a lot this year, and I just really appreciate following them on social media. And then my final, final hot cake is all of my listeners. That's right. You are all the reason I'm even doing this so that I can connect with you. And I'm just so glad that at least some of you have gotten joy out of hearing this and being able to catch up with some of these other fools along with me. But what I do know for sure is that there is no one who is a bigger, more dedicated listener, someone who will send me messages with commentary on each episode, a man who has tried many times to leave comments but hasn't quite figured it out yet, my amazing dad. So now let's get on to the next part of this episode where my dad and I share the winners of this year's Fool's Gold Awards. The awards that sound really special but don't really carry any value outside of the foolery universe. On to the awards! Okay. <laughs> we spent the whole year sharing laughs and cheers. There were ups and downs, so many fools here. My friends are the best, I don't mess with the rest. But who shone brightest in this foolish contest? For their outtakes and my kicks and memories. And though they build me up, tear me down, gotta love these boys. Grab your wine, make some time, and jump on board It's time to shine at the LDF Awards It's the LDF Awards <laughs> Hey, Dad! <laughs> how, how are you doing? This is uh, the Silver Fox calling from <laughs> Shores of the USA Trying to get in contact with the fool over in Pretoria, Watang. <laughs> that is correct. That's right. And the privilege is mine. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Before we get into the awards business, um, how you doing? What's going on? I'm doing fine. Uh, I just get a little edgy waiting for this damn thing uh, on January 6th that I spoke to you about. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I'll get through that. Uh it's a pain in the butt, though. You know, it's like waiting for a vacation. A vacation I can just forget about. Mom, I'm like mom. Yeah. Mom, every day is a pain in the ass. Come on, isn't it time yet? Isn't it? That's how <laughs> I feel now. And it never bothered me before. Like vacations, I just forget about it and wait for it. Oh, today's the day? Okay. <laughs> but uh, what can I tell you? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Those mom and all who were hanging in there, and Kristen did a ton of wrapping for Christmas presents and. Mom saw one of her presents open by mistake. And Kristen made up this big elaborate story that it was for Michelle. And finally, one time, we're in the living room, and by and Linda and Mom goes, "By the way, I know they're from." And <laughs> Kristen goes, "Why'd you let me go through all that elaborate story?" So, oh. but yeah, you sent me that video. That. It looks like the house is snow. nice and decorated. Yes, yeah, Kristen did a ton of work, and Mom did the tree work, and. I sat back and enjoyed it all. <laughs> what can I tell you? I'm a fool. That's why I'm on the show. Now, listen. 
I, I, I'm joining in with this. This was very hard. I mean, there was a lot of good stuff on here. And to knock it down to a couple of pieces with my old memory. Uh, <laughs> so I don't want anybody getting mad. You always listen to me. I'm old. I'm 75. <laughs> and I came up with some stuff. And I still love all of you. So don't get mad at me. They okay. won't. Everyone thinks that you're a great fool to have on this podcast, so they will not get mad at you. <laughs> well, thank you very much. But this is the great fool here that got me into this thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so oh. I know that you did all the work, but before we get into the awards, I want a quick lightning round with you that's Christmas-related. Okay, I'll try and do that. Okay. What's your favorite Christmas yeah. carol? Oh, my God. Uh, White Christmas. Okay, great. What is your favorite Christmas movie? And it can't be the same. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. Oh, no, wait a minute. No, The Muppets Christmas Story. Yes, that is such a good Christmas movie. That's the one I love. And then last one, what is your favorite Christmas food? Wow. Favorite Christmas food. Well, I just had, let me just give you a category. I just <laughs> had my favorite Back for Christmas, roasted chestnuts. Mm. I love them. Uh, I've been making them. Uh, Christmas morning, SOS. Uh, Christmas dinner. I guess I'm the old traditional turkey stuffing, cranberries. Although there was a couple good suggestions in there about chicken on Christmas, <laughs> which I sort of agree with. Now, a good roasted chicken from the supermarket, whoopee, yeah. I don't have to do all that work. And it's so delicious. No, but for me, Dad, I think my favorite Christmas food is actually not a traditional Christmas food. It's either your spicy chicken wings that we eat on Christmas oh, Eve or the, the pork sandwiches with sharp provolone that you bring and your long uh, and the roast And the roasted peppers. Yeah, Woo. that's got to be my favorite. I'm still trying to figure out a way how to send Joe a pound of those for making. <laughs> we'll have to I bring them back like, next time. Yeah, I could do like COVID-19 and send it in one of those freezer boxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at Who negative knows? 94 be, degrees. That's right. Who knows? That may be a cure. It'll burn the shit right out of you. Exactly. Uh, <sighs> my mouth is watering, damn it. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I well. A, I got a hot button in the refrigerator right now. All right. Well, after this, you can go up and gnaw on some. <laughs> All right. So let's dive into the first annual LDF Awards. And the first category is the Highway to Hell Award, which is basically, what do you think was the best hot take? <laughs> oh, shit. The hot take. Wow. Oh, uh, you know what? I think I confused that. Uh, well, I had, a, I had a runner up here, but I have to go with Kristen. Uh -huh. uh, with her story about, I thought was fascinating about her name being on the Mars rover Perseverance along with Andy. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. and thousands and thousands of other names, and I think that's just amazing. And I forgot to give her mind to put it on there, but she said that was her. <laughs> What is your hot cake of the moment? Oh, my hot cake. I'm very excited about this. My hot, <laughs> you're going to laugh. My hot cake is Perseverance. That is the name of the newest Mars rover. Oh, I was like the emotion. And... No. <laughs> no, my hot cake is the Mars rover. Uh, yes. She is 
<laughs> she is currently on her way to Mars, which is 330 million miles away from us. When is she going to get there? <laughs> She's getting there. It's a whole journey takes seven months. She will be landing in February. How many big gulps um, does she have? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, let me tell you why perseverance is really my hot case. Yes, okay? please. Because my name is on perseverance. What? Oh, Shut up. Uh huh. Along with Andy's name. What? And thousands of other people's names because NASA ran this um, internet campaign I think it started a year ago or several months ago where you could sign up to have your name printed or, or embedded somewhere on or in the rover so that when it lands our names will then be on the planet Mars. I think I know who your runner-up is. I think you should say yeah. it. Oh, it was Kellen. I just was right on top of that when she was talking about rent. Screw these people. You got a goddamn... I don't care what the hell. Go to McDonald's, work 24 hours a day, but you made a deal with that rent shit. You're out of the cold. You're not getting pissed on by animals or mouse and rice and street yeah. people. I agree with it. Rain on, sister, rain on. <laughs> yes, I mean, that was one of the, the funniest hot takes. It was going to be, I think, mine, but uh, I had a feeling you were going to pick that one. So my my winner for best hot take is uh, John Campbell's hot take about the face masks with a straw hole in them. Because <laughs> honestly, See? back then... Yeah, back then, I was like, that is the dumbest thing ever. And now that we're eight months into this pandemic, I would give anything for a little straw in my mask so that I could just be sipping on some <laughs> coffee or whatever. <laughs> oh, you know what the worst part about that is? When you're in the supermarket and you got them damn bags, plastic bags you got to try and get open. I cheat. Yeah. I stick, stick my finger in the side of the mask and wet my finger. <laughs> and then I can open the damn bag and put the potatoes or the tomatoes or whatever in the bag. I agree. That that would be a good one. I forgot that. <laughs> you got to give me leeway here. I can't yeah. remember everything. And I even went back That's over. Fine. Okay. I know. Kristen sent me a picture of you sitting at your desk going through the old episodes. <laughs> oh, my God. I do my best. Um, All right. Second, second category is brrr, the <laughs> Ain't No Mountain High Enough Award, which is the best high. Who had the best high of the week? Oh, crap. Oh, best high. Oh, Kellen walk, walked in there uh, uh, <laughs> about her her uh, high was when she was so happy that the Pentagon finally had a report out <laughs> on aliens, UFOs, off-world vehicles, aliens. Uh, she's she has a uh, a supporter in Kristen on that. Uh, she was yeah. so elated, and she has a supporter with me on that. Because I swear <laughs> we can't be the only thing out there. That's it, man. God. Uh, whoever the creator is, he didn't do his best that day. <laughs> oh, there's got to be something else out there, and and I missed I missed the release. The what? It, I missed the release. I didn't see it. I would have, you know, I I was like, I don't know where I was, but when Kristen even mentioned it to me, and I forgot. But that they actually admit it. Did they? Yeah, it was um at some point during quarantine. Who remembers when? Oh, okay. <laughs> 
Um, it's a it's has the best uh, that high has the best quote I think of the whole season where Kellen just says, "Bitch, that's space." <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. What a high. The Pentagon's secret UFO program is going to declassify some of its findings and release them to the public. I have been waiting for the evidence for my whole life. People have thought that I was just like, I don't know, off the reservation, like just on some other weird alien fucking level. But the aliens are real. To be fair, there is a guy who was giving sound bites <laughs> to the press who is not currently with the Pentagon, I uh-huh. think. But he was saying that when he worked there, that they they straight up called UFOs like off-world vehicles, not <gasps> of this earth. Bitch, that's space. <laughs> I am ready. I mean, in all likelihood, these aliens got here and were like, this is a shit show. Leave. I have Dumpster lost my fire. way. I Not have needed. got to get out. And I don't know if. So my best high um, was uh, Darlene's high of the week. It was actually her second high of the week. She had two on that episode. And okay. it was about her two little kids singing Lizzo's Good as Hell to her. And just like the kids not knowing she really needed it, but it gave her so much joy. And I thought that was the cutest high. And I just love that so much. See, I'm, I didn't remember that one either. That's kind of good. <laughs> I can see where you're going with that. Yeah. Or, yeah. Was it that or was it that joint you got, you and Joe were rolling from Huatanga, huh? I, I, know. Know you got a big, I know you got a big yard out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. The third category is called the Fulitzer Award, which is the, a play on it's a play on the Pulitzer Prize. Oh, but basically, God. who do you think is the best storyteller? Well, again, that that was really rough. Uh, but I think because I'm, I'm favoring the, 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 the story or the area, it was during uh, she told the story during uh, you guys stay over there in Burkina. About mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> about you guys jumping into a cab and going, what was that? Who cracked their Who cracked their cheeks? You know, or something like that. that was <laughs> yeah. And here you turn around. There's no back seat, but you look back in there, and here's this dead ass cow, bleeding and every other goddamn thing. <laughs> You're going, what the shit? And you ask the driver, and he tells you the story. And then later on, uh, when you're you're driving around and and doing that all that partying with Dolo and she had a bunch of stuff in there and i remember you telling yeah. me about dolo and showing me pictures of you can set up a dolo bar anywhere because this is all yeah. flashing through when she's telling the story because it was vivid to me you know you can yeah. put a bench up and sit down and this first person comes over with half a gourd and filled up for a quarter you get a load on you know and yeah. you guys doing that many hours of dolo holy christ yeah, listen, we didn't have much else to do on some days. Yeah, uh, but I remember you saying it took a while to get used to not having the, the yeah. skitter. skitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, I mean, it lasted the whole two years. It never went away. Oh, man. <laughs> so that that was good for me. I, that, and so that was that was Emma Hunter. So she is the winner for that. Sorry, Emma Hunter, yeah, Emma Hunter, yeah. For me, I think I picked um, I picked my sister Kristen because I felt like her story for your episode was so well um, written, but also spoken. I felt like she just told it in such a wonderful way. Um, and a lot of people kind of wrote to me after that episode and said, wow, Kristen just is such a great storyteller. She should have her own podcast. So yeah, she's the winner yeah. for me. 
that's what I, 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 I had her there too. And, uh, it sort of felt like, you know, I was, you know, favoring. So that's where, you know, <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly with everything you said and when everybody wrote in, that would have been yeah. the best. I figured somewhere in the back, Oh yeah, it's his daughter. That's why. <laughs> well, that's okay. I'll do the nepotism vote. <laughs> oh, Okay. I'm 37 years old almost, which means I have a ton of stories about my father. So I thought back and tried to find one of the funnier stories from our childhood to share. So today I'm going to talk about Typhoon Lagoon in Disney World. So, you know, when Keith and I were little, you took us to Disney World, I think, five years in a row. I can't remember, but it felt yeah. like year after year after year, we were so lucky to get on that plane and fly down to Orlando. And one of my favorite years, you, Keith and I were a little bit older. Um, Mom and Dad decided to take us to Typhoon Lagoon in Orlando, which <laughs> is their enormous water park that apparently is so awesome, it's still around today. So anyway... One day, we all wake up in the hotel room, one of the fabulous hotels that our amazing travel agent mom got us booked into this year, and they surprised <laughs> us by saying we were going to Typhoon Lagoon, which you and I had been begging mom and dad to take us to. I don't know why, I guess we were just really into water parks, but um, anyway, here we are on the morning of Typhoon Lagoon, getting into our rental car, and, driving over and we keep passing these huge billboards and you and I are just getting so excited, Keith, so excited, kicking our feet in the back of the car, all the stuff, all the things. Something to note here is that this particular year on vacation, Keith and I had been wearing our matching salmon-colored denim ball caps from The Gap. Uh, yes, matching salmon. Uh, because the gap had just opened and we were so excited and just had to have something. So we had matching hats. And we're on our way to Typhoon Lagoon with these salmon-colored hats on. Um, so we get there and Typhoon Lagoon has this huge surf pool, which looking back on it now, um, it reminds me so much of just like a huge, beautiful Caribbean beach with a surf and the water gets deeper as you swim out. And the amazing part about their surf pool is that they're constantly sending out these awesome like six foot swells for people to play in. And um, I don't know if you remember Keith, but when we were little, we used to love playing in the swells and the actual ocean. So. Typhoon Lagoon's um, surf pool was like heaven for us <laughs> back then. So let's see. I should note here that I am absolutely phobic of deep water, um, big waves, tsunamis especially, and um, I don't like being in water where my feet can't touch the bottom. But because these were just <laughs> swells, everything was cool. We were having a good time. We're out up to my neck in the water. I can still touch, which again is very key. Dad has Keith in his arms because you were still a little squirt and a little too short, but 
he kept picking you up and tossing you over the swells and we were just having such such a good time and of course mom is in her visor playing in the surf just watching us and you know the three of us were out there floating around bobbing up and down in the swells we love doing this having so much fun and then all of a sudden we hear this terrifyingly loud siren starting to go off in my tiny eight-year-old brain <laughs> what the fuck is this <laughs> It sounds like a bomb siren going off or one of the tornado warnings in our neighborhood that goes off. So I'm absolutely petrified. I can't imagine what, what you were feeling, Keith, but I'm looking around and I'm seeing all the kids and the teenagers shrieking with like absolute delight at this siren all around us, swimming around as they're swimming out further. They've got all these smiles on their faces. They're all screaming, here it comes, here it comes. Here, what comes? What the hell is coming for me? All of a sudden, Dad and I look up and we see a fucking tsunami barreling towards us <laughs> at breakneck speed. Now, apparently, You're this right. is the draw of Typhoon Lagoon Surf Pool. Apparently, at scheduled intervals, yep. the already intimidating swells turn into an enormous cresting wave meant for body surfing. I don't understand how a 30-foot fucking tsunami is good for body surfing, but, you know, again, I was eight years old. <laughs> I don't understand the world yet. So, you know, of course, uh, we didn't know about the huge wave that happens in, in the surf pool. We're just paddling around like idiots, and now all of a sudden, I'm going to die. So I look at my dad, who grabs Keith, and... We start swimming frantically back to shore to try and beat this wave. <laughs> Meanwhile, mom's just looking horrified in her visor. <laughs> and then I realize <laughs> we can't swim fast enough. We cannot outswim this huge cresting wave. So as soon as we can, dad and I start trying to run against the tide to the shore, which is obviously not working because the water is all being sucked out. <laughs> into this huge, big, watery bitch trying to kill us all. So, we're running, we're trying to run. Dad still caught you in his arms. And then, holy fucking Christ, tap dancing on a cracker, we're not gonna make it. This is it. The three of us decide to turn to face the beast. And I have to tell you, I have never done anything braver in my life than when I decided to turn around and face the fucking tsunami. I'm terrified, <laughs> but this is this is radical acceptance. I've got to deal with this wave. Uh, I've got to try and make it. So we we turn to face the wave, and I look at my dad holding you, and he's telling me to jump as high as I can. And he's you're sitting there in his arms, looking petrified, and even he looks paranoid and panicked, and slightly scared. So here the big bitch is three or four, ten times my height, ready to pull me under. <laughs> so I bend my little knees, I take a big deep breath, and I fucking jump. <laughs> and out of the corner of my eye, I see Dad throwing Keith up into the air as the two of us get devoured yeah. by this watery tempest. So I'm under this fucking wave, getting dragged along with it as, as it travels ashore, 
tumbling, spinning, lungs are burning because the oxygen is, is just gone from my lungs. It feels like forever. And I'm at this point <laughs> ready to just die because this is just it for me. And then finally, yeah. finally, after what felt like an hour of being scraped along the floor of this lagoon, I get dumped at my mom's feet, coughing, spurting, sputtering, <laughs> crying like a baby. My precious new hat is gone, and I have no idea what the hell just happened. So apparently, it was so strong that even in the surf, mom had actually been knocked over and tumbled around. So her visor's all crooked. Everybody's hair is a mess. <laughs> There's bathing suit pieces in the water. There's hats in the water. There are children crying. And here's dad walking towards us, carrying you back to us. And you were laughing. You were laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. So what was absolutely a terrifying experience for mom, dad, and I, you were so tiny and you just got tossed up in the air. You had no idea it was good. You had so much fun that day. But yeah, you were I love this story so much because it's simply an excellent example how our dad will do anything to save and take care of and protect the ones he loves. And the best part is, this, this is strange, but, but I like it. Even to this day, 30, about 30 years later, every once in a while, I will still have this recurring dream of dad tossing me way up into the air into this huge evergreen tree <laughs> to save me from an oncoming tsunami. Now, I mean, you were the one who got tossed up in the air. And I was the one who got eaten by the big watery bitch of a wave, but the point still stands that our dad will do anything to protect and love us and make us laugh. And he did all three that day, and for that I will always be grateful. I love you, Dad. <laughs> love you, too. All right. Next category, Robert, is the Please Welcome to the Stage Award, which is who did who had the best intro banter? Oh, that's, that, that's again, from what I remembered and, and boiled down, the Lex Ruby introduction. I thought that was really uh -huh. great when you, the way you introduced it and the way she slid back into it very nicely without, without <laughs> being pissed off. Uh, and when you're talking about the, the, the bunnies and the, eating the marshmallows. Yeah. Chubby bunny. Chubby bunnies. <laughs> and you were really yeah. basing her in a nice way. <laughs> and then she came back with, she loved the first part of the intro, but that, you know, that was, uh, that, yeah, I, she sort of alluded to that, but my, uh, she was very tactful that you and some mothers had, a, in essence, a big mouth. <laughs> That's the only reason you got all that marshmallows in there. And she was, which is very nice and petite, you know, and she tries her best, yeah. Yeah. But I do agree with her. Yeah. I probably could yeah, even she... beat her. I can't do that many marshmallows. But I thought that was really fun. She's a good sport. She was. And she, and she <laughs> very nicely slid stuff in there. If you had to look and read into the background, <laughs> she was getting back in a little way. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I think for me the the winner on that one, 
selfishly is the episode with me and Joe, <laughs> because if you listen to the beginning of the episode, there's a bit of an outtake right at the very oh, beginning yeah. where when we first tried starting to, to like record, yeah. Joe just like blurted out for no reason at all. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then it was fun because we were just like sitting next to each other. That's the only episode that I was able to do with someone actually in the oh, room yeah. with me. And so we kind of just like kept it casual. We cracked open a tonic water and poured it. So there's a bit of like an ASMR yeah. effect. So that one for me was the best intro. Well, that's, that's cool. I understand that one. Yeah. Hey, fool. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Hey fools, and welcome to another episode of Long Distance Foolery. Today is a little bit different. A little different. Because I have my husband on. Welcome to the podcast, Joseph. Thanks. Um, it's also different because today we are in Sabby Sands Game Reserve. That's right, yes, folks. We are we sitting are. in the bush. Well, we're sitting in a in a bed. <laughs> we're sitting in a bed with recording equipment next to a jacuzzi. Yeah. And a little bit of this. Oh, just pour myself a little G&T. All of you ASMR folks. Very close to the microphone. It's a big pour. Okay, there we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that on that. Cheers. Cheers, babe. Thanks. Ooh. Thanks for having me on. I mean, you know, 13 episodes in, I'm hitting the bottom <laughs> of the barrel. <laughs> Ran out of friends. Ran out of friends. Just... No, we all know. to each other. Plenty of guests to have on. But I chose to have this little episode with you because we're having such a special moment. And we I want to really memorialize it. Memorialize, memorialize it. it. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong emphasis <laughs> in the wrong syllable. That is right. So, babe, oh, how's it going? Hi. Good. Yeah. The next one is the Do Not Pass Go Award, which is the best game that we play. Oh, hell. <laughs> With me, the best game, maybe it was just because it was, uh, uh, you know, a lot of quantity put out there. <laughs> uh, was in the final podcast when you did all the uh, haikus and you get the last part of that. <laughs> yeah. But that was fun. And, and I guess... Yeah, I was surprised how well everybody jumped on it. So you did a great job on putting the haikus together, and they picked right up on most of them. <laughs> Joe jumping that, oh yeah, 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 I got that. I had you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah it was really everybody fun. was having a great time. That was it. And I couldn't find. I was trying to run back through and find other games. What were some of the other games like this? Got. Um, so the games, I think, started with Emma Hunter's episode, which is my winner for the, the Do Not Pass okay. Go Award. Um, but there were a bunch of different games for, like, you know, Darlene had a game where it was um, Masterman or oh, Afterman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, where did you learn the yeah, most? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, someone had, like, a Peace Corps versus COVID. So, like, Corps or COVID, which one taught you more oh, about okay. something? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's, like, little games in every episode, yeah. starting at Emma and yeah, then forward. See? I, I just mind a little man yeah. can't run up and down the miles anymore and open him cabinets. Well, I have I have all the different podcast episode notes, so it's a lot oh, easier for okay. me to know 
what happened on what episode. So for me, the winner of this one is is Emma, because um, we did that was the first game I come came up with. It was like a lightning round, and it was just really fun because that's what made us go through all of the different Peace Corps stories yeah, that yeah. you talked about in a different yeah, category. Um, so yeah, that one was my winner for the do no do not pass. Okay, that's award. cool. I wanted to do a lightning round about Peace Corps. Um, and I have I have okay. my answers ready. So if you feel like you need a second, just like give me a hand signal and I'll I'll say mine. Um, okay. Okay. First question: Worst meal you ate? Oh my god, toe with sauce foy. The absolute worst. The stringiest, most disgusting. I oh. <laughs> okay, I am here for this because my worst meal is toe, but with sauce gumbo. And oh, I had this oh, like god, probably gumbo. for the first time during my homestay, obviously. Um, it was, it was, it was toe, it was the millet toe, so not even the good toe. The corn, oh, like corn oh, toe is like, good, okay? Yeah, On the right, spectrum of toe, right. corn toe's good. Tastes like a little bit of like, <laughs> it's like polenta, West African polenta. Yeah. But millet yeah. toe is like, um, uh, like, I don't even, dried cardboard mixed with water <laughs> and like cooked over a flame for a long time. I had that. And like Elmer's glue somehow. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so I had that with sauce gumbo and like dried fish, those weird like. Oh God. The, the ones that are oh. bent sideways. Um, yes, you're like, what was this creature? And, oh, and for me, so you said stringy and I was trying to think of the right words to describe this, but for, 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 for sauce gumbo, which is okra for those that don't. <laughs> That have not done Peace Corps in Burkina Faso. Sauce gumbo <laughs> yeah, is right, okra sauce. specific lived experience. <laughs> um, and so the only word that I could think of was like gluey, which is, I think, a very oh, poor, yes. you know, no, I think that's translation of gluyon. But like, is there a better English <laughs> word for, for that? Like, it's sticky, stringy. Um, it's snotty, Keith. Snotty. Oh my God, that's the, the, that's the word. A hundred percent. That's all snot. that is. We did. It was as if you picked up a spoonful of someone else's snot and then you were supposed to put it in your mouth. I actually forgot about sauce gumbo. That is worse than sauce fe. Okay, I wasn't <laughs> going to say like, it, but... <laughs> I mean, no, 100%. I think I blacked it out in my brain because I, you know, being my bougie Peace Corps assignment, <laughs> I didn't have to eat toe very often. No, you had those good brochettes. Oh, yes, we did. We had the brochettes. We had chicken all the time. It was fabulous. I had rice almost every day. Living on the high horse. <laughs> I mean, I now that you say that, if that's your definition of bougie, then I also had that life. Because I literally had rice with peanut sauce and a chicken breast for breakfast every day. Oh, <laughs> man, I cannot remake peanut sauce. I have to say, it's really, I find I, it really impossible. Oh, my God. So I have, I'm, I'm 95% vegan now. And so I nice. have uh, like a vegan cookbook and there is a yeah. West African peanut stew recipe. And it's like, this is going to be bullshit. Like I lived in West Africa. Mm -hmm. Emma, mm -hmm. it is mm -hmm. so good. I have got to send you the recipe. It will give you Please such do. memories, especially if you okay. add cabbage. The recipe does not call for cabbage, but like, you know, cabbage was you a staple. Have cabbage. Absolutely. I honestly, I loved the cabbage in it. I thought it was oh my a God, great me little, too. you know, textural delight. I'm a huge cabbage um, fan. The vegan cookbook that you have is it it's um what have i made it from i made it from like moosewood kitchen i think they oh. have a sauce uh, sauce there i am uh you know a peanut <laughs> sauce recipe um and it's like it just it was orange i was like this is wrong too many sweet potatoes i don't know but send me yours i'd love to try i it. will send it you will smell it and the memories will come flooding back
Oh, I can't wait. I'm ready to cry into my saucer sheet. <laughs> Send me a video. I'll, uh, I will I will emote with you. Yeah. Um, okay, Good. next lightning question. Weirdest experience. Oof. Weirdest experience. I mean, um, it's kind of a, like a downer one, but I had mm. for the first like two or three months at site, I had like a, and I hesitate to use this word, but I can't really think of a better one. I had like a stalker basically. Oh my God, that's was, right. Yeah, it was it was freaky. I mean, it was just I was disturbed. I'll say I sound like my mom. But that's what I felt. Um, and it, I think that it was like a you know a high school kid, high school age kid who I think probably had some like mental faculty issue of some kind. Mm. Um, although you know undiagnosed and untreated and uncared for because of Burkina Faso's yeah. you know infrastructure not being quite what uh, it could be or should be. Um, but he, you know, he would like follow me around on his bike everywhere and like get up really close to me on the street, like as we were biking down the road and, you know, stare at me with like really, you know, wide open eyes. And mm -hmm. I don't know, it was really quite menacing. Um, but, you know, uh, the way that that resolved itself was sort of like once I established my routine of like the stores that I was going to or the places that I would like, you know, the places I would go for lunch or whatever, the um, store owners and people would, you know, like interject or intervene on my behalf. Mm -hmm. uh, oh my God, on my behalf. <laughs> um, interject on my behalf is what I just said. So oh, it's like that. you just got back to Kudagu. <laughs> I know, truly. I'm like, what is the French word? I mean, English word for what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, so they sort of like, um, yeah, they made me feel uh, safer and certainly sort of, well, I don't know, whatever this, whatever that guy needed to hear from them, uh, he heard. <laughs> and I didn't really have an issue after the first couple of months, which was good. Well, that's good. And that's a great lesson for any yeah. male podcast listeners right now. If you have a friend who needs a little bit of support, help them out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. <sighs> um, for me, my weirdest experience was yes. much more lighthearted. Um, it was, oh, <laughs> it was, you know, one of those nights out in Bobo, Bobo Diolasu, mm -hmm. which is the second capital of Wagadu, um, of Burkina Faso, Wagadougou being the first capital, <laughs> like the actual capital. Um, and so I lived near first Bobo. Only, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know what? I've had a glass of wine. <laughs> it is 6.40 p.m. in Pretoria. Um, so it's the second capital. It was the closest sort of like big city to my village. And I would go there maybe once a month or so and go out with um, our mutual friends, Althea and Booker. And mm -hmm. uh, this was mm -hmm. a typical night out for the three of us. And we were mm -hmm. very um, bourré, uh, pompette, very drunk, <laughs> very tipsy. <clears throat> um, mm -hmm. uh, as they would say in Jula, uh, Ibi Tango Tango Kera, which is like you're doing the tango. <laughs> nice. Oh my God. I love Jula so much prettier. It's, uh. Uh, it's, it's the best. Um, so, and so we're, we're in a cab trying to go out to some club just so that we can dance in a mirror, um, which we could have mm -hmm. done at the Peace Corps house, but we didn't. We wanted to be it in public in front of a mirror. Maybe that was just me. Absolutely. Um, the so, point is to be seen. <laughs> exactly. We're in, we're in a cab. <laughs> And we're we're on our way, and um, the three of us kind of think it, it smells just like a little bit weird in this cab. And like usually, we're used to strong smells because, again, it's a very hot West African country, and you know, human bodies have odor. Um, but mm -hmm. this is a particularly um, fermented uh, special oh. smell. And oh. we, we somehow just like look into the back of the cab and there's no barrier between us and the trunk. And then 
we there's something just like in the trunk and mm. we take two seconds more to look at it and it's a fucking mm-hmm. dead cow <laughs> it is a full dead cow curled and up I'm sorry, in the trunk this is at like 11:30 p.m. Yes, or something like yes. this is Oh, fantastic. So, okay, so at first we're drunk. Oh, at first God. we think maybe it's asleep. Maybe maybe it's just going <laughs> to its next field to graze. But Definitely. then we see the like blood spots on it oh, from when it was killed no. and um obviously we had to ask oh. the cab driver. We were just like, "Excuse me, sir. <laughs> why is there a dead cow in your cab and why are we in it at the same time?" And he was Please explain. You know, he was just like, "I I had to get this cow to my brother's house. He's having a wedding tomorrow. And like, obviously he's got to kill the cow and make the huge feast. And so we were just like, oh, okay, great. I mean, at this point we were like a year and a half in. So this just felt kind of like another day for us. But that was definitely my weirdest experience. Yeah, so long as the cow's head wasn't like on your lap being transported, that's like not the not the worst thing that could have happened in that cow. Right, (laughs) yeah. No. All right, last, last lightning question. Okay. Most fun day, and I don't even know if that's English. Most fun day, the it's funnest, most fun for me. Okay, the funnest, most funnest, my most funnest day. Um, I, I, you know, Peace Corps is full of so many, so many fantastic odd days, which is days. really like, <laughs> yes, yes, um, long, odd but wonderful days. Um, and if I had, I mean, I can't like, you know, this is not to say that it was the most, sorry, Keith, sure. I'm changing no, your fine. question that's a little fine. bit, that's but, fine. but a superbly <laughs> fun day that I recall with real fondness was, um, we were celebrating Andrew's birthday mm-hmm. and as we all know in Burkina, it was kind of hard to come up with like original ideas for how to celebrate birthdays because, mm. you know, coming from our extraordinarily capitalist consumerist culture and then moving into Burkina where like the best thing you can buy is a Johnny Walker black or something (laughs) Um, and not wanting to just repeat what we got for our birthdays last year. Exactly. Um, um, I had planned this trip out to, um, out to, uh, over near Bamfora, what was it called? Sindhu Peaks. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. These like beautiful rock formations that were almost kind of, if you're heading out of Burkina, um, uh, what? West. Yeah. West Mm -hmm. into Mali. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just like gorgeous, you know, sort of national parky vibe. They kind of look like when you would make, uh, sandcastles when you would let sand pass through your hand, like wet sand pass through your hand. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what what time of erosion is that? I have no idea. Going back to science <laughs> class from fifth grade. No clue. No idea. Um, maybe it was water. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, it was just, you know, it's like a, a gorgeous national park. And we had sprung for um, like a a yurt is what's in my brain with an oh. AC unit. And, oh my, um, okay, high rollers. And it was very, I know, it was very fancy. Um, so we had, yeah, we'd like stayed the night before and then went out to the peaks and Emily Irvine came to meet us and oh do my God, a Emily, tour of Sindhu with shout us. Shout out to Emily. Emily, I don't know shout if you'll ever Emily. hear this, but we fucking love you. <laughs> fucking love you, Emily Irvine. Also, Ohio pies, anyone who needs a pie delivery in the Ohio, I think Cleveland? Is that Uh-oh, still Columbus happening? Area? Emily's pies? Yes, 100%. Follow her on Instagram, <gasps> Ohio pies. I'm going to yes. follow right now. Yes, please do. Also, I saw a picture of her and her mom, and of course, they are both the most adorable people on the face of the planet. Of Emily Irvine, we love you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Be still my beating heart. <laughs> um, yeah, so Emily came out and like toured the peaks with us, and then we went to dinner, and it was just a fantastic day. That sounds incredible. I never actually made it to Sindhu Peaks. It was peaks. so nice. 
Really? Yeah, no. You were I, so much closer than me. Keith. I, That's ridiculous. I have been in a bush taxi past them before. <laughs> oh. oh uh-huh. um, Happily, we're not under the aegis of a Peace Corps bron- brass anymore, so oh we can God. say where so we, we can went. can say that. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> I, I hiked some other mountain near... Um, Tim came to visit, and so Tim, myself, yeah. Emily, and Josh, not Josh yes. Gwynn, the other Josh. Josh from my stage. Yes. Mm-hmm. What was his name? Josh, who like went to Alaska after Peace Corps, I think. Anyways, uh, that Josh, you yeah. You know more than I. Um, he I hosted us at his house, and then we went to some cute little uh, mountain hike near his house where we camped for the night, and nice. then hiked. It was amazing, yeah. But uh, I that, the only that. time was when I drove past this in New Peaks was that, was that time. Fair. Fair. Um, yeah, there was, that was so great about Peace Corps culture, just being able to like expect to stay at not even your friend's house, house, but just like anyone who was in the network. Like, hey, I'll be here, so I'm coming two yeah. nights. <laughs> yeah, it's the bare minimum. We're both Americans. We're both Peace Corps volunteers, so you have to let me stay here. <laughs> exactly. And like, I'll bring my own stuff. I'm self-sufficient. You don't need to yeah. like host me or anything. No problem. No, it's like it's I've great. made dinner out of toothpicks and will, so I can, right. I'll just hang out exactly. here. <laughs> A dazzling of a shimmering of a gumbo sauce on the side. Yeah. Last week's gumbo sauce. Um, (laughs) My most fun day. um, Yes. And uh, I just realizing that Booker is now part of two of my three stories here. Um, My most fun day was when Hooker and Booker, which now present day, that is like the most dynamic duo, that name duo, Hooker and Booker. Yes. Yes. Um, They came to stay with me. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god, they should have a podcast. Um, yes. <laughs> they came to stay with me in Banzan, my little village that I loved so much. Um, mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. was it was part of like a long Peace Corps bender where a couple of us did like uh, a bike stay at Sam Rapé's site. We did a mm-hmm. bike stay at Althea, or I think it was Althea's. Um, then we went to my place. Then we went, then we went to like Kristen Chantry's place, which was... Mm-hmm. Hundreds of miles away, I believe. Um, Very far, but uh, Very far. <laughs> but they came to stay, and it, this particular day included not only um, dancing stoned to Beyonce and eating truffle marinara spaghetti, thanks to Althea oh for bringing me back truffle oil from Italy. <laughs> oh, Althea, um, the bougiest of us all. <laughs> A hundred percent. But also, mm-hmm. Booker literally pulled a knife on one of my Marche ladies and threatened her because we had oh my god been drinking uh, Beaufort beers for like thirty minutes, <laughs> um, and then obviously causing a scene at one of the local Dolo dens where the three of us just hung out there for like maybe three hours and had nice. maybe five dollars of alcohol, which equated to like an entire uh, like party of people drinking for three hours was five dollars <laughs> yes yes and everyone being very drunk at the end of that very drunk that millet <laughs> and beer like pretty full <laughs> yeah it was a meal oh, and a drink God. <laughs> right you're like i'm not sure which is the like is it 50 percent, 60 percent millet today unclear <laughs> and the fact that all of us just drank this beverage where you would literally see things kind of like float to the surface and then settle back down and then like they would it was kind of like you know when planes leave messages messages in the clouds like you were trying to decipher the hieroglyphics of the millet that day of like am i gonna shit my pants later maybe exactly is it worth it a hundred percent oh it's a bubbly one yeah right (laughs) 
a hundred percent worth it every single every time. time. Every Never time. Never a bad choice. No. Yeah. Again, my my bougie uh, site. We often had chilled dolo where mm. they would put it in the fridge, which did help to settle the sediment, for mm. lack of a better term. <laughs> you know, if it's not body temp, I don't want to drink it. <laughs> I think actually that's right. <laughs> the chill, the chill was unnecessary, and in fact, I may have feel like that matters. would <laughs> exacerbate the less uh, desirable qualities of Dolo. Like I feel like it would make mm-hmm. it taste worse. I don't know, but you would know. You're the expert. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the warmth sort of helps to mask the the uh, difference the, the, in the variety of the <laughs> drinks you're getting served out of the same container. You're like, oh, this is a little, yeah, spicier. A oh, little no, more just a sour. Bug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dolo, Dolo, and Peace Corps. All right. The next one, I think, I'm not sure if you have this as a separate category, but it's just the the best memory that someone shared. Yeah. Yeah. I got one. All right. Who do you have? I got Darlene. that one. It's okay. Because, which, it was because story? of you and her at Sheila's aunt's house. Where, every, where they invited a <laughs> yes. bunch of fools to that place. And they're all walking around commenting on stuff. And I think you knew or, or, or Darlene knew that the, the lady, her aunt, was an Egypto- Egyptologist. And, mm-hmm. and all the Egyptologist yeah. uh, motif was throughout the house. And they're like, you and her are, are really digging. And other people are just, you're praying that they don't wreck this Egyptologist's house. <laughs> she made a mistake yeah. inviting all these people, and and I don't have all of it, but it was fun. You could hear you two interacting, reliving it, and that was. And she yeah. said that story did. Then again, I do. I did have a comment here with Kristen. This is where I had, you know, I said, oh, if I do this, people are going to say, you know, <laughs> it's her daughter. It's his daughter, you know. But I have her down there too, is you know, in there. So it would have been one too. Yeah. Well, um, Darlene's story about Sheila's house was my runner okay. up. So sorry, Dar. Almost okay. got picked for me. But for me, for me, it was the story from my friend Greg, who um, shit himself oh, on the yeah. safari. In- <laughs> yeah. uh, you got to pull over now or we're going to have a mess in this Jeep. <laughs> I just like for all of the fools that don't know Greg, he's just he's like a six foot six ball bundle of like yeah. hilarity and joy and so to picture him just like bent over in pain <laughs> being like if you don't pull over i'm gonna shit on your lap it just like the story is so good i've heard it many times in person and then on the podcast uh so he definitely won I, that i could have me. seen him crouch behind the damn jeep and a hyena come up and said i got an easy me- oh jeez what the hell i mean exactly what would you what even do him, but the hyena would go Oh, hell no. Let me out of here. What is it? <laughs> I picked oh, the wrong prey no. today. And he'd go back to his boys and go, don't go near that damn Jeep, man. <laughs> I don't know what they're burning, but ooh, Lord. <laughs> it's not good. Well, just lesson learned. If anyone ever meets Greg, don't give him any dairy Uh-oh. because he doesn't Uh-oh. do well with it. Don't get, don't get me <laughs> mad, Greg. <laughs> story that maybe some listeners want to learn about it's totally fine to say i surrender let's move on well you know what now that i think about it i've noticed that some of your other podcasts have been about pooping yes exactly (laughs) 
Have you thought about changing the name to like long distance foolery and pooping? No, it's not that common of a theme. Okay, okay, <laughs> fair, fair. No, but I am always happy to share my 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 poop my poop <laughs> my poop safari the the nexus of diarrhea and safariing. Yes. Um, it was it was a very interesting. Um, you know, for those of you that aren't there that don't know this place is called Itosha National Park. It's in north northern Namibia. It's beautiful. It's desert safari. So like totally different than the <laughs> Serengeti plains and it's so different than the South African bush. Like it's very different vibes. It's very desert. And so all the animals gather at watering holes. It's really I'm just trying to like set the scene for yes, my yes. incident. I like a good narrative. Incident. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I gotta like give you some visuals, you know, like sun setting, just stunning, beautiful. <laughs> so I am basically lactose intolerant, even though I'm not actually. And in before going on a night drive safari, so complete pitch black darkness, I thought it would be a good idea to have two, not one, two, Magnum ice cream bars. And for those of you who don't <laughs> don't know what that is, it's a delicious ice cream bar. Just Google it, Magnum. But put Magnum ice cream because you might yeah, get something careful. else. Yeah, <laughs> careful. Um, put Magnum ice cream, and it, it's, they're just delicious, and like they're so good. It's like <laughs> it's like Ben and Jerry's on a stick kind of thing. Like it's just really, really good. And um, and so anyway, we go out on this night drive, and my stomach starts just a rolling. <laughs> like you know, you know that pre-diarrheal cramping you get, mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh my god, something's happening here. So I try to like deal with it for a while internally and then I'm like, okay, this is, this is coming and it is not, this is not a good time for it to, but it's coming. And so I start like throwing back, I must've had like four Imodiums um, and I had like two Pepto-Bismols oh, Jesus. and it's pitch black and I tell the driver, I, sir, I have to use the bathroom. And he's like, we don't stop unless it's an emergency. And I very quickly declared, this is an emergency or else I'm going to poop on your car. I'm literally going to, I'm going to poop in, I'm going to poop in this seat. And so he goes, okay, I have to find an open area for like an open area in this desert. And I'm like, okay, well, please find one expediently because I'm about to, I'm about yeah. to poop in this car. Also, it's so a fucking goes, desert. What's not it's open a desert. A desert? Yeah. Can we just find some area without a bloody tree? Like just get somewhere where <laughs> yeah. I can poop please sir and so literally moments earlier we had seen some lions some hippos so like there's animals around so so he goes and like finds this area where he can make a full-on k-turn and like puts his high beams on and shines the light in like all of the corners that there could be animals just just to see what's there and um speaking of pooping and safaris interestingly enough the family was dutch <laughs> uh, so they're speaking dutch in the back there it's myself ben um two of our best friends and then this family of dutch people like two young kids and a mom and a dad oh and God. they're they're obviously witnessing this and being like can you please not ruin our safari like we want to go see animals can you just get us poop over with so um he finally stops there's no animals i'm scared all i have is a map of atosha and it's not <laughs> it's not even like nice paper you know it's like a, a glossy map oh you know my what i mean God. like <laughs> glossy and like slippery and so i go over to i i jump out of the car and i'm he finally stops i jump out of the car and i go to the back of the car and you know how the back of those like trucks has a yeah. hitch yeah, yeah yeah so i go and grab onto the hitch with one hand <laughs> rip my pants down with um my other hand and i just release a sweet release of all liquid (laughs) all over this this road in the middle of nowhere i'm terrified like a hyena is gonna literally jump me murder me yeah because that's what they're sniffing out diarrhea (laughs) 
I mean, it would be a new smell for them. Yeah. New, you know, they'd you know, they don't get too much. Yeah, they don't get too much human poop smells. And so I'm like, I'm going, and Ben and my friends are making conversation with the Dutch family to oh, try God. and get like noises away from me, right? Like la yeah. la 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 la. How are you? How's the safari? <laughs> you know, talking really loud. <laughs> and um, and so just suddenly the conversation stops for a second. I think everyone wanted to hear how I was doing. And I had a little break myself, and then it just came again. And so suddenly in the <laughs> silence, you hear, like, oh my, oh you know, my just God. all over the floor of this, uh, this beautiful desert. And then I'm like, okay, I got to wipe. So then I wipe with the glossy map. And oh I, I, being being an environmentalist, climate change is real. I think to myself, <laughs> how can I throw this map on the road? Like, this is a beautiful nature preserve. No, you did not. How, I took the map with me back no, into the car. No, you did not. The glossy map with my poo-poo on it. And I just brought it back into the car. And I was like, what do I do this map? Great, and then takes it <laughs> and like throws it. Oh my god, it was it was an experience, and I feel I felt so bad for this lovely little Dutch family, and they were probably calling me a Klein chart or whatever that thing yeah, was. Yeah. Like, oh look at look at this Klein chart just crapping all over the road in the middle of this beautiful desert. Um, but that is my poo safari story. Luckily, I have oh, I have man. lived to not tell any other poo safari stories because one was enough. That was you very learned stressful. your lesson. I did, I did learn my only lesson. on safaris. No. You have not learned your lactose lesson in any other situation because literally every time I've had dinner with you, you choose like ice cream. the most lactose heavy version of dessert, and it always comes back to bite all of us in the ass. Okay, so maybe just literally. reconsider. I just can't. I just need to go buy those pills. You know, get some fucking lactate. Exactly. I need. I just need to go buy those pills, and it'll all be okay. But, uh, I mean. Just don't eat Magnum bars before you get on a safari, especially a night safari. If that's no. my lesson. <laughs> All right, robes, Pierre, the last but not least Uh-oh. category. It's called the Striptease Award for the best Instagram trailer. <laughs> okay, see, I had to go through them because I didn't have them. And I was looking. And again, I'm sorry. Not yeah. all four of you having a blast on the end uh, in the in the short middle. <laughs> you know, there's just all the screens with you and the other three. I thought yeah. that was great. Uh, yeah. It w- it was a great Instagram thing, and I had to run through the others because I never saw them before. So I made it unfair, but I thought yeah. I got from that little short time, maybe half an hour that I was going through them, so I got more out of that uh, yeah. the thing at the end there. But all using this, this trailer. Yeah, that was. That one was fun. I liked that because, well, it was a lot easier to put that trailer together because I just used the Zoom video as opposed to all the other ones. I had to, like, go back and find a picture, add all these little GIFs to it. And, like, what? so that one was easy and really funny because you got to see all of us reacting to um, Trump being at the total, the Four Seasons Total (laughs) Landscaping. (laughs) That whoever put that together, you know what? I I could just imagine three people in there trying to be, uh, get their nose deeper up his ass and, the first thing there's one guy saw was, oh, there it is. There's the address. Well, let me write it down real quick. Uh, Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump, I got it. I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you got it all right. You got the wrong in the dress. It was but, the best gift of But that went along with the rest of his uh, tenure. Uh, no fact checking. <laughs> yeah, no. Not uh, once, no. not Holy ever. Holy crap. 
Yeah, that would that that'd be good. That was fun. All right, so my winner for this one is the trailer for Yannick's ah, episode. My <laughs> Two vodka sodas, hold yeah, the soda, please. Uh, it's because in that trailer, it's about how you said that Yannick is your type of man if you were That's ever right. to be gay. That's my bud. Please <laughs> make one home. And he was very <laughs> open to it. <laughs> Look out, Linda. Oh, God. <laughs> my boy Yannick, how you doing, my man? Oh, Lord. He is a happily engaged man now. Please I'll break stay that away. shit up quick. <laughs> um, and they were asking who I was going to have on the podcast this week because um, my dad's the podcast's number one fan. Yes. And I mentioned that you were going to be on. And he was like immediately so elated and excited and he said, please tell him that I love him and I miss him. And then sort of out of nowhere, he says, you know, Keith, if I were ever gay, I think Yana would be my, Yannick would be my kind of guy. And I thought... Interesting. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, listen, this just goes to prove something that I've thought for a long time now. I'm actually everybody's type. You like, are. People just haven't really realized it yet because, like, you don't know what's right in front of your face. You know what I mean? <laughs> but thank God for your father for putting words to that feeling. And, yeah. And, like, I know it's honest because he brought it up again today right before this call when I was FaceTiming <laughs> with them. He said, remember, he's my type. And I thought, okay, Dad, you're coming on a bit strong. <laughs> well, that's the end of the first year, a first year of wards. Oh my God, that was quick for that thing there. I mean, how many? Let me see. We had hold on, twenty-one of them, including the finale. Yeah, wow, twenty-one episodes. Look at that, Ashley, Joe Camp, John Campbell, Pat Dasher, Bob Mangum. Ooh, man, this double story. Yeah. <laughs> Emma Hunter, Jane Kaminsky, Trevor, Helen Dollar, Yannick Morgan. Hey! And Marina Spencer, <laughs> Rex, Rex Ruby Howe, Kristen Mangum. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Emily Hooker, the hook. Uh, <laughs> Who the hell is that? Oh, okay. Greg and Ben, John from D.C., the other guy. I like him too. He was he's from your apartment complex. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. The Dorch. Uh exactly. Alexa, Darlene, Drew, and then the finale. That was Yeah, fun. the Ohioans. Yeah, the Ohioans. <laughs> Get out of here, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so there's one last award that I didn't ask you to to rate because you don't get to vote. And that the category is Best LDF listener, and that goes to you, Bob. Yeah. You're my number one fan. <laughs> I've heard them all. Didn't understand some of them, but I heard them all. I could I could relate <laughs> to the interaction, you know, of all the happiness attached to memories and stuff. That's what it is—a yeah. big memory for you guys to keep you uh, keep you in there from being away from home and away from each other. It's a good connection. Exactly. I'm glad you started it. Me too. Well, as my biggest fan, is there anything that you'd like to see in season two? Yeah, I'd like to see a goddamn comment line on on, on, <laughs> on uh, Spotify because I can't comment or like a live. You got to comment through um, Apple Podcasts. I think they let you comment. Yeah, I know, but I don't do that. So forget it. Oh. <laughs> uh and well, you now know, you can comment on Instagram because for everyone who's listening, Bob Mangum is now on Instagram. Oh, Go my follow. God. God bless you. You got to start posting pictures, boob. Uh, posting pictures coming up. The Silver Fox <laughs> be posting pictures. And that will include baby Keith. 
Yeah, please. I'd love to see it. So would all my fans. <laughs> oh, God. What can I say? All right. I miss you guys. Right, I, I want to well, be back over there. Damn it. Listen, let's let the Christmas kind of New Year's Eve COVID peak here die down, and then you guys can come here in the spring. Well, thanks so much for being a good sport and doing all your research and voting on all these weird categories. I did the it's been best super I fun. Could. And don't anybody get upset with me for not voting for you. <laughs> That's the only reason I listen is because you and all your friends are just great people. I've never had as many get a great long distance full of your friends in my life. You guys. So keep hanging in there and keep uh, putting up with me and Keith. And I love everybody. <laughs> Well, we all love you too, Boob. Thanks right. for being on this last episode of season one. Okay. Hey, Yannick, <laughs> you better watch out, pal. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. I'll catch you later, Boob. Okay, bye. <laughs>